You are listening to The Stream UK and Alison and Partners podcast. Hello and welcome to The Stream UK and Alison and Partners podcast. We're kicking off a brand new year with episode 18. And to start the new year, we're bringing you our usual annual PR and marketing predictions for the year ahead. Now, you might remember that last year we brought you our 2020 predictions, some of which have not aged as well. Uh, You might remember the section on how important in-person events would be in 2020, which perhaps has not aged well at all. But undeterred, we've unpacked Crystal Ball from its storage box, polished it off, and are ready to bring you our predictions for 2021. Joining me today on Zoom to gaze into the future with me are Jill Coomber, Sue Grant, and Kate Lynch. They've been busy working away at our AMP predictions and have boiled them down to our five key marketing and PR trends we're expecting for the year ahead. You can find these on our website at alisonpr.co.uk, but in this podcast, we'll be diving deeper into what these predictions might mean for you, your marketing and communication strategy in 2021. So let's get started. Sue, if you don't mind, I'm going to turn to you first and ask you a quick question about your first prediction on spokespeople. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, and thank you, Andrew. It's uh, good to be here with you today. So really, I'm thinking that a spokesperson that plays it safe or sticks to a branded script will no longer make news in these current situations. Um, The competition for media presence will become even more fierce in the coming year. And as industries continue to evolve and shift in unprecedented ways, media crave brand representatives who stand for something and who aren't afraid to say it and can offer insightful commentary and content on what the future holds. You know, this isn't a time to be boring. You really need to be able to stand out for the crowd to make a huge difference, make an impact, and for the media want to want to take your material and to talk to you. And if you don't mind me asking a quick follow-up question to that, how are you seeing brands potentially starting to, to roll this into their communication strategy this year? I think it's all about planning early. So with a lot of our clients, we started the planning process back in October because during uncertain times, it's more important than ever to plan and think ahead. And okay, you need to be able to then tailor it during um, the process, but to have a longer term strategy is really important in this kind of situation. And in the predictions piece, you also made the statement that bylines are back. Can you go into that a little bit more? What do you mean? Absolutely. Well, bylines have always been a really important part of the B2B PR mix, and, and we've been doing it you know, forever and ever since the dawn of PR time. But they will become increasingly important in 21, and we'd already started seeing that happen in 2020. And that's really because of the change in media. You know, the, the media are being streamlined more and more. There's less and less journalists around, and they're really struggling with time to get that content together. They don't want rubbish content. They don't want low-level content. So a lot of that material will still go by the wayside. But if you are able to provide really interesting, dynamic, thoughtful content that's going to appeal to their readership, then you're in a really good place to get your material printed by them. Content ultimately needs to be fresh so that it's worth them using that material and, and you need to be able to produce compelling narratives. It's interesting what you say in terms of the way that we work with media being obviously different uh, from how it was 12 months ago. And as I said, one way that we can help them is by offering bylines and great content and really supporting uh, stripped back teams. I suppose what this year also means is that we need to approach the way that we maintain our media relationships differently. And 
I know that there have already been some changes in the way that people have done that in 2020, but looking ahead to 2021, and Kate, turning this one to you, how has the way that we maintain media relationships potentially changed? I think when we discuss investing in unique ways to maintain media relationships, we don't necessarily mean being wacky or sending graphics or memes or videos or pitching necessarily in a different way, but it's more so what we're pitching, the tone and the overall intention behind the pitch is more important now than ever before. You never want it to be perceived that you're trying to take advantage of a situation that has negative repercussions, whether that situation is small or big or whether it's far reaching or whether it only, if it only affects a small group of people. That's not necessarily specific to 2020 or 2021, but it's safe to say that last year we saw more quote unquote developments that have global and far reaching repercussions than we have in recent years. And I'll use COVID-19 as an example, being the obvious one. So it's safe to say that COVID-19 is a devastating crisis and is far reaching in terms of its implications. It affected every person in every industry and the media industry is no exception, as Sue mentioned, with a lot of media furloughed and a lot of staff streamlined. So when COVID-19 first hit, all of our clients took a period to observe the situation and how it was evolving and think sensitively and strategically about how best to add value to the conversation. And that was good learning because our instinct a lot of the time, most of the time, is to act fast, act now. But in this instance, we were forced to take for sometimes six weeks to just sit and wait to see how it developed. And it made us all, I think, reflect on the need to sometimes slow down in the fast paced industry and be more thoughtful in how we engage with media. And in 2021, I think this is something that will continue to be important. We know that media are working on smaller teams, tight deadlines, an unpredictable and constant news cycle. And it's more important now than ever to actually add value to a journalist's hectic workload. And sometimes that requires slowing down and taking the time to provide media with a thoughtful and helpful pitch and also knowing when not to pitch. So we need to engage media in a different way and be sensitive to the pressures that they're under and take time to truly think about the value of the story because it will help the relationship with the journalist and ultimately it will benefit the client. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think, I I hope that something that's carried over from 2020 is that we're all a little bit more understanding of each other. I think that certainly goes for the PR journalist relationship too, uh, where I think we've all come to understand each other's pressures a little bit more. And it's, it's interesting as well in the predictions on on the blog post on our website, it does also include those kind of little things that we can do for journalists as well. So maybe it's getting to know their favorite delivery restaurant and seeing if we can send them like an, an ice cream cone when we know that it might be a tough time. Well, it's the little things like we actually need to get to know the journalists we care about. And it's better to have a small list of really strong media relationships where we are keeping those relationships alive, potentially rather than just that kind of wider, broader knowledge of the media more generally. So no, very, very interesting to dive into that. Something else that's obviously, you mentioned COVID-19 as one of the big stories of the year. It wasn't the only big story. And, you know, I would say that when it comes to looking at 2020, it's going to be remembered for the big social justice movements around the world. And of course, that's had big implications in terms of the way that companies communicate and how brands are messaging. How do you think that will develop going into 2021? Yeah, so in 2020, 
and many companies started to look at their efforts through a new lens, their diversity and inclusion efforts through a new lens and a new perspective. Many companies made promises to evaluate and address these issues and blind spots in their organization. And in 2021, I think the spotlight will be on these organizations to make good of these promises and to show progress that they weren't just empty words. And from a PR perspective, this will require ongoing and long-term conversations with our clients about the progress that they are making internally and how we can ensure that these companies are also evolving their communications to meet the objectives. So that can include us reviewing the language and the messaging that is being used to the spokespeople that we put forward, to the topics that we discuss. And I think overall 2021 will be an important year to start acting upon these objectives in a more tangible way. Jill, I know that in our predictions, we've looked at the impact of content. And I believe looking back at 2020, we made predictions on content and how that will develop there. Now, this year, we've said content will be the king of overwhelming. What do we mean by that? And what does that mean for brands? Thank you. Hi, Andrew. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast today. And absolutely, uh, content Everybody is mentioning it. Kate mentioned it and Sue mentioned, you know, the importance of opinion articles. And I think that just really shows you how everybody has jumped on their need to develop more content, particularly as marketing has a lot of marketing, both B2B and consumer has been kind of forced to move online. So everyone's turned up the volume on content. So you can imagine there is now an overwhelming amount of content. People have been rushing content out there because they see all the, the competition doing it, whether that be through the through kind of the demand generation, so the advertising that they are doing, or whether it maybe be on the, the PR side. So really, we need to just take a step back and look at the quality over the quantity that we're putting out there. You know, it's really critical. And now is the time to invest the time and resources to understand what content is going to make the difference for your brand. It's critical to invest the time and resources to understand the the DNA of your brand, you know, what makes you different, really what makes you stand out from those competitors. You know, it's also really important now more than ever to really monitor your competitive set. You need to see what they're doing. You need to see what they're saying and you need to make sure that what you're doing and saying is different to, to stand out in the market. So then you'll have content that really shares something different to break through the noise, the king of overwhelming, this overwhelming amount of content, you know, and offers your target audiences something that is meaningful and really adds value to to their conversations. And when it comes to that content, what are some of the key trends? I'm glad you asked, Andrew, that in terms of key trends, some really good examples would be the, the rise of live stream as entertainment and as shopping experiences. So on the on the consumer side and thinking about how you can integrate that as a as a brand into into your strategy really something different obviously we've all become very familiar with virtual events i mean live events as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast andrew um, it was not one of our greatest predictions that and they haven't happened this year but there has been a big pivot another 2020 pandemic word to virtual events and experiences but actually you know a lot of those are probably here to stay some of these are working better than real live events. And, you know, sometimes 
Um, and in some circumstances, they are better value than actually than actually going to uh, an in-person event, or they enable people who would have to travel longer distances to actually attend events that they wouldn't have been able, that they wouldn't have thought to, to attend before. So virtual events and experiences are here to stay. The million dollar question is which ones? I, I, I mean, I, you know, I can't see CES, for example, staying a virtual event. So certainly not, not a key trend or, or prediction, but there are others uh, where it actually makes more sense to do them virtually because it enables a wider community to come together and to experience it. Another thing, very, very obviously to think about it is lots of there was lots of augmented reality being introduced into shopping apps and that's been a trend over the last two three four years um and in fact we were involved with the launch of ikea's augmented app but suddenly in the pandemic where you can't go and see the dining table in your living room you know what what that new dining table might look like this is gone from being, you know, maybe a bit of a toy or a nice to have to something that is fundamentally important in the way that you you shop. So that is really interesting to us too. And then the other things, you know, influencers, I mean, we're so familiar with it. We tend to just think of them as, as a natural part of the strategy nowadays, but actually these micro and nano influencers have really come into their own over the pandemic. And that ability to talk to a small community, a lot more brands, both B2B and consumer, have realised how important it is to have much more personal one-to-one conversations with maybe a smaller influencer, but actually has a huge impact on the community that you're trying to get. So that's definitely another another trend that we definitely say is is here to stay and it will be used in lots of different ways through through content. So I think we've had some really interesting predictions here for five things that might change in 2021, or at least are in the process of changing. There are other things that we can potentially predict as well, Jill, that might not be so flashy and exciting, but things that really aren't changing anytime soon. What's going to stay the same in 2021? What are people potentially going to accidentally ignore because it's very consistent? What do you see happening there? One thing that happened in 2020 that won't happen in 2021 is that the world really did get turned on its head in 2020. And we would all hope that we don't get quite that shift in again in 2021. Our job over this last year has been to stay, yes, alongsighted to Sue's point, but also to be able to stay kind of agile and nimble. And I think that's something that is going to continue definitely through this year as we shift and change through this next few phases of the, of the pandemic. Whilst it's kind of, it's, I think we've learned, you know, it's maybe wrong to predict what, um, like key trends in that sense, um, what we have in our blog and what we've been talking about today is really you know key points that that underpin your marketing strategy in 2021 in the meantime i think we can be sure of definitely this agility and staying nimble so shorter planning cycles and production cycles but to sue's point making sure that we've still kind of uh, got a view to that longer term goal what we can be sure of, and lots of pe- lots of people are talking about it, is that brand purpose becomes more important in 2021 or continues to develop in 2021. That need to be aware of your DEI perspective and stance, that need to show and demonstrate that, that you are living your brand purpose is going to keep developing in, in 2021. 
Another thing that, that will keep growing is the need for data and analytics, that ability to, to deliver a, a business level ROI and for every agency to be able to prove what ROI they are delivering will keep evolving. And that is definitely here to stay. It was something that definitely came front and center over this last year as budgets have tightened, particularly in some industries, you know, you know, clients have had to cut their budgets and every dollar is being questioned. That discussion makes the measurement and the ROI even more important. And, as def- and certainly for those agencies and in-house teams who are building that skill set and are building proper analytics team, that is going to be something that uh, it definitely is, is, is here with us to stay. And of course, remote the remote working culture. Even when we are able to go back to the office, there's, there's a lot of consensus that that balance between us working from home and us working in the office is a permanent change and it's not something we're not going to be able to go back to us all being in the office all the time so that is definitely here to stay and one of the interesting things that we are going to be challenged with this year and going to figure out is you know how we make best of that and what is that really optimum balance between you know us having that freedom to maybe work away from the office more, but also getting the best of what we wanted out of being together in that in that office environment. Some really interesting topics there that we'll absolutely be diving into more in future podcasts this year. Jill, Sue and Kate, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the Stream UK and for helping us to kick off a brand new year. If you want to stay up to date with our latest insights and analysis, make sure you hit the subscribe button. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from. And we want to hear from you. Do you agree with our 2021 predictions? Give us a follow on Twitter or LinkedIn and continue the conversation. And don't forget, you can always get the latest news and analysis from us at alisonpr.co.uk forward slash stream. Thanks for stopping by. Mm